Now for our story. The kitchen of Aunt Mary Lane's farmhouse was warm and cozy today, fragrant with the pleasant odor of freshly ironed clothes. Aunt Mary had laundered the curtains the day before. Now she was busy at the ironing board putting the finishing touches to the dainty ruffles which edged them. Her son Randy stood ready with a curtain rod in his hand. As his mother handed him the last pair, Randy gravely threaded them through. He was just about to put them back in place when... Oh, blast and double blast and things darn dang. What's the matter, son? Oh, I got the darn things in upside down. <laughs> you put the rod through the big hem at the bottom. Oh, yes, I certainly did. Oh, Jesus. You know, Mrs. Lane, I've come to the conclusion that a woman has a hard lot in life. Oh, you have, have you? I certainly have. Why, doing things around a house is just one long battle against terrific odds. There's always something to trip you up. Now, why should the bottom hem be wider than the top one? Because it looks better that way. Oh, yeah? Who says so? Why, everybody. It's just one of the things one knows. It's just one of the things everyone knows, huh? Well, suppose I decide to defy authority and hang them upside down. Would you like them that way, dear? Well, I might. And what if I did hang them that way? Would the uh, Wakefield Reading Club toss you out for disgraceful conduct unbefitting a lady? Oh, no. I think the ladies would be willing to give me the benefit of the doubt, especially knowing what a problem I have in my son. Now, no wisecracks, Mrs. Lane. No wisecracks. I wonder if they really would give you the benefit of the doubt. You know, Mom, some of the local wives and mothers can be pretty tough on a person. Sounds like there's something behind that remark. Very observing woman, my mother. There was. What is it, son? Well, sometimes the local goody-goodies can be awfully malicious. Look at the way everybody took up this discarry case with great hoops and hollers. Why, why don't they have sense enough to realize that a man like Bill, a nice gal like Carla, well, they're just not capable of behaving that way. Well, Randy, I found that eventually people come to realize their mistakes. And when they do... They're usually pretty quick to make amends. Yeah, I know. You've told me that often enough. But in this case, I don't agree with you, Mom. Unless Carla's willing to admit it was Mario who quarreled with her and hurt her, it uh, looks to me as if the local gossips will go right on thinking the way they do. Carla's refusing to tell us what happened is hard to understand. Unless, of course, she's trying to protect Mario. Peggy was awfully disappointed when Carla refused to talk about it. Well, you can't blame her either. It certainly puts a blight on their wedding plans. And just when everything seemed to be clearing up for them. Lefty and I were talking about it last night. It's almost as if someone was deliberately doing this to them. Yeah, you'd think so. You know, sometimes I thank the powers that be for my nice, simple, uncomplicated life. No love except you, Angel. And no worries. Randy, if we all went along just on an even keel... We might be missing quite a lot. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll take the even keel, thank you. And yet, I'd hate to see you not living your life as fully as you can. <laughs> Don't worry about me. I am, though. A little. Don't waste your sympathies on me. Save it for all the poor dopes who fall in love. Surely, Randy, you expect to fall in love someday, don't you? Of course. But don't rush me, lady. Besides, if I'm choosy, that's your fault because of the example you've set. Any gal would have to go some to come anywhere near being equal to you. Oh, my. Well, now, wait a minute. Don't be so blasé. I mean it. You're a very rare person. Believe me, when they made you, they threw away the pattern. Oh, it's a lovely thing for you to say, and I appreciate it, but just the same. 
I'd like to see you with a wife, a home, and a life of your own. You mustn't think of me as a responsibility. Well, now, where in the world did you get a foolish idea like that? Have I ever given any sign of thinking of you as a burden? Well, no. All right, then. Get me nonsense like that out of your dome right here and now. You've never clung to me, tried to tie me to your apron strings, not even when I was a little kid. Mm. I'd like to have seen anyone try to pamper you. You were the most self-reliant little shaver. Well, Mom, that was all due to the way you raised me. And that's why you have my loyalty and my love so completely. Thank you, Randy. The point I'm trying to make is that it's something you've earned by being a very smart woman. Well, I haven't always felt as if I were being smart, as you say. It all comes back to a very simple formula, the way I see it. It's the secret of not clutching at the person you love. Letting them be free. Because the more free a person feels, the less reason or need he has to go away. Well, that's a rather sage observation, Randy. Yeah, you bet it is. And it's true in any relationship. Mother and son, wife and husband. Far be it for me to go poetic on you, Ma, but... I've always thought of love as if it's a little frightened bird in your hand. If you clutch it too tight, you smother it. But if you hold it lightly, gently, until it feels safe, it'll trust you. And it might even begin to sing. Why, Randy? That's a very lovely way to express it. <laughs> Boy, if the guys in the Marines ever heard me come out with something like that, they'd have mobbed me. No, just the same. I'm glad you're capable of thinking in such terms. And that you're not afraid to. Oh, lady, I got a million of them. A million of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're on the subject of parents. Or are we? Anyway, there's something else about you I wouldn't trade for anything. Oh? It's your grand, quiet sense of humor. I don't know what I would have done if I'd drawn some sourpuss, thin lips sort of parent. You know, someone like Ben Calvert for a dad. Poor Ben. Poor Kit, you mean. Yes, Kit, too. Well, I can't waste much sympathy on her father, but I sure feel sorry for his daughter. Well, you know, I'm a little surprised at that, Randy. I always felt you were inclined to shy away from Kit. Well, she hasn't exactly distinguished herself by good works, and she grew up. Even though I've hardly seen her, I couldn't help resenting the fact that she made our little Peggy so miserable. You were away when that happened. Yeah, but Peggy used to tell me her woes when she wrote me. I admit it made me sore. But on the other hand, I've been thinking about Kit lately. Since David Bowman brought her back from Miami, I remembered some things I'd forgotten. Things that happened years ago, when we were kids. You and Kit? Uh-huh. You know, that girl was scared out of her wits most of the time. I remember. That was Ben's idea of discipline. Yeah. And the kids pushed her around, too. <laughs> in fact, for a while, I appointed myself her knight in shining armor. I used to defend her for all I was worth. Well, Randy, you never mentioned that you and Kit were close friends as children. Well, I haven't thought about it in years. Not until just the other day. And at the time when it was going on, well, I kind of kept it to myself. I, um, had a run-in with Ben. You did? When you were a little boy? Yeah. I must have been about 11. There was one day I remember quite vividly. I'd been over playing handball or something. I heard a lot of noise and shouting. Then it all died down and somebody was crying. Turned out to be Kit Calvert. She was sobbing as if her heart would break. Kids had been teasing her. Poor child. She was a pretty little girl, wasn't she? Mm, I remember. She looked so lost and forlorn there in the middle of the schoolyard all by herself. 
It's on her books around, stamped on her sweater. You know, that sort of stuff kids do when they want to be mean. But I had no idea they disliked Kit that much. Yeah, oh gosh, yes. They simply didn't like her because she was different. And of course, the meaner they got, the nastier Kit was. I remember this day I tried to make her see that. I gave her quite a talking to. Told her I'd teach her how to get along with people. Well, good for you, son. I could have swung it, too. She finally agreed that she'd try to meet the kids halfway. Try to change her attitude. You know, Mom, it might have made a big difference in that girl's whole life if she'd learned to get along with people. Of course it would have, Randy. But uh, why did you fail? Because of Ben. He gave me the bum's rush. Told me to go away and stay away. He didn't want me having anything to do with his daughter. <laughs> a couple of months later, he sent her away. It's funny. I've always had an idea it was partly to get her away from me. Yes, Randy, you're right. Ben Calvert feared that through you, his daughter would be brought into the influence of Mary Lane, your mother. The mother toward whom Ben felt then and still feels an unreasonable resentment and hate. You are right, too, when you say the little incident you've just described might have changed the pattern of Kit's entire life. It did. Even now, at the Huntsville Sanitarium, the psychiatrist, Dr. Larrabee, is anxiously trying to discover the identity of the boy Kit has identified in her mental illness with security and friendship. That boy is you, Randy. <laughs>